Hello and welcome to Special Issue, Wiley's podcast for societies about all things scholarly publishing. I'm Steffi Nightingale. Today we're talking about how societies can articulate their impact and value to their communities and why it's such a valuable exercise to do this. Jackie Jones is a Wiley colleague and she had a chat with one of our society partners, FENS, to explore how they've approached this and what they've found from their experience. So I'll hand straight over to Jackie now. Hello, I'm Jackie Jones, Associate Editorial Director at Wiley, and I'm responsible for Wiley's Global Neuroscience and Physiology Journals Programme. And I have with me today Tazia Asakawa, who is the Executive Director at FENS, the Federation of European Neuroscience Societies, and Tazia uh, joined FENS in October 2021. And FENS represents uh, and serves the neuroscience community in Europe. Wiley and FENS partner together to publish EJN, which is the European Journal of Neuroscience, which publishes bi-weekly um, in all fields of neuroscience so as to um, advance our understanding of the nervous system. And last July, um, alongside the FENS Forum, uh, which is Europe's, Europe's largest neuroscience conference, FENS published its first impact report, uh, which is an overview of the Federation's activities and, and service to the community over the past year. So welcome, Tazia. Thank you. So perhaps we can start um, and you can just tell us a bit more about how the impact report came about um, and what you wanted to achieve through creating it? Sure. Well, FENS was established in 1998, and since that time, it had never produced an impact or annual report before. So last year, we decided it was important to do so, not only because it had never been done before, um, but for many re reasons related to our mission and objectives to support and promote the neuroscience community in Europe and, and beyond. Um, and first and foremost, the publication, which we will now produce every year, uh, provides a vehicle in which to celebrate the achievements of FENS membership in our broader scientific community. Um, this includes developments related to our official journal, which, as you know, is the European Journal of Neuroscience, um, published by Wiley, and helps to support all of our activities, as well as to fulfill one of our key objectives, which is to uh, disseminate evidence-based and peer-reviewed scientific research about the brain and central nervous system. Um, also, the report provides an annual overview of FENS activities, highlighting the progress made in certain target areas of our strategic plan um, and the service provided to our neuroscience community throughout the year, so we can be as transparent and open as possible. And for those listening who, who may or not have their own equipment, why why do you think it's so important to have these kind of reports? Why is it important that societies articulate the impact that they are having on their own communities? I suppose this continues on from my from the previous question. Um, I can add that the impact report really emphasizes the need for friends to be useful and to stay relevant in meeting the changing needs and, and challenges um, of its own community and neuroscience more broadly. And FENS needs to make sure that we're providing value to our membership and partnerships um, and that we're leveraging our common resources in the most efficient, effective way, ways possible. And the impact report gives us opportunity to just really stay on our toes and 
Um, it essentially holds us accountable for what we invest our time and resources into. And presumably communicating that as well, not just measuring it for yourself and being accountable, but, but actively sharing that um, so that FENS, uh, people with an interest in FENS know about your activities and, and the value of those. Right, precisely. And did you um, have discussions around the format that the report would would take? Were there different options there? Yeah, we did. We talked about that a lot. And we actually produced a report in a digital PDF format in order to align with our sustainability goals to cut down on uh, paper waste and the costs just related to transportation, production, storage, and um, processing really of, of materials. So it also makes it more globally accessible to anyone interested in FENS and European neuroscience. Um, and it allows anybody, if they want a printed copy, to print it themselves if they want to. Uh, we also make a few exceptions uh, for some major events like our FENS forum and FENS regional meetings. We print out a few for display purposes and for gifts. Sure. And can you just tell me a bit about the process? So after you decided that you wanted to do this and why it was important, you know, how did you kickstart the process? And, and can you talk me through that, you know, process from beginning to end? Yeah, it was relatively simple. I mean, we sent out a call for a graphic designer to help us with the overall formatting and conceptual design um, and organization of the, of the content. And we also wanted to feature EJ and images. So we worked with the team at Wiley to choose uh, engaging photos um, and obtain the relevant permissions from the people who created them. And I would have to say the bulk of the work was really collecting all of the information and writing and editing the content loosely around a general focus for the year, which was in 2021, rebuilding community after the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. And we wanted to feature how we did this in terms of reconnecting research and researchers in different ways and making that kind of the spotlight focus of our report. And were there any interesting findings from the report? Were there any things that, that came out that you hadn't expected in terms of that process and results? Yeah, I have to say for any reader of the, the report, I think um, they'll find out that FENS is quite an impressive and multi-dimensional federation working with amazing leadership and members, partners and administration really to make everything function at the highest level <clears throat> possible. And it enforces the, the fact that we do a lot of good work just in Europe and, and around the world. And personally, it was especially heartwarming to find out from the members what they thought about the organization. For instance, there's a quote from the European Brain and Behavior Society, EBBS, it says, uh, being part of the fence community allows you to get in touch with other European neuroscience societies. It creates a feeling of having a home and being part of an important force with a strong unified voice that will be heard. So I'm so glad that FENS can provide the sense of belonging and commitment. Uh, and it also pushes us to strive harder and longer, you know, over a multi-generational timescale, just like you would as part of any, any family or a close-knit community. Um, and then obviously there were a lot of interesting um, data 
coming out from our communications and um, journal programs and finances. So I won't go into those in detail now, but encourage people to read about them because they are interesting. Yes, definitely read the report. We'll provide a link to that. Um, and what a great quote. I mean, I guess that's why all of us probably listening are involved in academic research to, to you know, see that that value. So um, thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Has it changed, you know, how you work as a as organisation at all? Um, well, it's definitely brought us together uh, and closer to our community and helped improve communication and awareness between all of the different moving parts. Right. So it's really provided a way for us to focus um, and bring together our diverse array of, of members and activities under one sort of unifying roof rather than separately discussing, you know, the work of our committees and meetings and networks. Um, sure. And it gives us a chance to show how they all fit together, you know, in supporting neuroscience as a whole. And yeah. then in terms of actual work, it's definitely put another deliverable on our plate with another mm -hmm. timeline and project management work plan. So <laughs> I don't underestimate the work involved in, in pulling it together. Um, I mean, this was the first report you've done for FEMS, having completed that that cycle now once. Are there any key lessons um, or experiences you, you gained through creating that report? Yes, yes. Many lessons, but I would say the main experience um, in producing this first report was that we really needed more time and planning to develop and publish it. So the key lesson from that experience is to really plan early. And this is especially in terms of specifying what type of data and information you need from contributors and coordinating realistic timelines and deadlines with anyone who you need you know, content from and also including your ex any external contractors you have working with you because they have different schedules as well. So it seems like a kind of boring <laughs> topic to discuss, but it does affect the work and the sometimes the quality you know, of the report itself. So mm. we also learn never to underestimate how much time editing and redesign can actually take. <laughs> So give ample time for that. I think that's a life lesson for, for almost everything, isn't it? <laughs> it takes longer yes. than you expect. Other than, you know, giving that time to it, are there any other changes you mentioned at the beginning that you plan to do this every year? Are there any other changes in terms of the structure or the format or the types of content that, that, that you would change next time round? Anything you omitted that or, or you think was superfluous? Well, we'd really like to feature um, the achievements of our member societies more and also maybe spotlight some of our grantees and awardees <clears throat> who are supported by the funding programs that we have. So we're thinking of ways to do this equi equitably um, without making the report too long, too long that you know people would lose interest in reading it. So it's kind of a balancing act there. Yeah. And then in terms of um, the re response to publishing it, have you had responses from the member community? Did you get feedback at, at the forum? Um, has anyone commented on how um, the report impacted them or has made them reflect? 
No, we didn't have any specific stories about that. Um, but there was a warm reception from our member societies during our governing council meetings. Um, and it was basically because it gave them a way to appreciate and keep track, you know, of what and how FENCE is doing on an annual basis rather than, you know, every three, five years, something like that. Um, mm. Because we only have governance meetings maybe once a year, twice during forum years, and we don't have much time to interact on a person face-to-face -face basis. So this is a way at least people can um, keep track of what we're doing once every year if they you know, were not able to make our meetings the previous years. So in terms of your, your next steps now, Tazia, um, given that you talked about the, the, the timeline, are you, are you working now on your 2022 report? Yes, we are. And that is the next step, <laughs> just to get it done and published for our community. Fantastic. Well, I very much look forward to, to reading that 2022 report and I encourage those listening to, to have a look and be inspired to, to maybe follow suit for your own organisation. Thank you very much for, for sharing your insights into how the process was for you um, with us today, uh, Tazia. So um, I appreciate that input. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and I hope you'll join us next time. For Wiley, I'm Steffi Nightingale and you can find more episodes and learn when new episodes are released by subscribing in iTunes or wherever you like to listen. You can get more news and information on society publishing from Wiley on Twitter by following us at, at Wiley and Research and on our website wiley.com slash network slash society leaders. Our theme music was produced by Medine and this episode was edited by Dennis Velasco. Thanks for listening.